Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation while docked at Starbase 74 for routine computer maintenance. The Enterprise gets hijacked. With only Picard and Riker left on board, they'll have to take back the ship and discover their foe before it's too late. From January 30th, 1988, it's Season 1, Episode 14, 11001001. Oi. Or, <laughs> this is why we used dials and knobs in the original series. Ah, <laughs> uh, and, and cassettes, Dan. <laughs> Don't forget about cassettes. Gotta use those floppies. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And we are the Meth Generation. You're welcome. Oh, I can. This is the episode that I literally can never remember the title for, but I always enjoy. It's the one zero ones one fucking binary thing. Whatever I talk to fellow Traxionados. Trectionados, ooh. I just coined that term, patent pending. <laughs> You're a little too protective of your intellectual property there, buddy, but okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I made me that way. Well. Can you please beep up? <laughs> I have never allowed them to be mentioned on this podcast, and I, I won't let them. <laughs> Boop! <laughs> It'd just be so funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Well, Daniel, we had a hell of an episode. We had, you know, Picard and Riker bonding. Mm -hmm. We had jazz. We did. We had people speaking in binary. We had painting. We had a gorgeously rendered Starbase. Oh, my God. Which is the same one that <laughs> they used in the movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and even the entry scene, I was like, this all looks very familiar. Plus one to recycling. Yes. They have several <laughs> they have several star bases, but only two designs. <laughs> well, that's efficient. It is efficient. I mean, you know, go big or go home. Let's build a five mile space station all throughout the galaxy. Mm -hmm. It'll say Starfleet. Join us, we're super benevolent and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm here benevolence <laughs> i'm benevolence man commander of starfleet <laughs> uh he works for kurtwood smith the president of the federation <laughs> he does work for kurtwood smith who's not very kirkwood smithy in that in that role no which i kind of love i love seeing the softer side of kirkwood well, he comes back several more times as several different characters, Dan. So. Of course he does. He's a working actor in L.A. Being on Star Trek <laughs> is a rite of passage. It's what Law and Order was to New York. It's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, a long list of celebrity cameos. It's a good time. Well, I'm just hoping that uh, 
I'm just hoping that some of my favorite icons from the 80s and 90s show up. So we'll see. They will. We'll see. I don't know who are your favorite icons. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. Well, I'm not going to tell you any either way. Well, good. I, I kind of good. don't want you to tell me who's in every episode of Star Trek. That would take too long. You know what? I'm just going to spoil this whole fucking thing right now. It's not much of a spoiler. I, I, I mean... I know that they all get through the series, and at the end, Tasha Yar becomes the new commander of the Enterprise. <laughs> Where have you been getting your facts from? TashaLives.com. Is that not a good source? <laughs> no. Oh. Hey, re- That's strictly fan fiction. Cam- good fan fiction. Cameron, re- read fiction. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go on. We're gonna. We're just gonna. We got ourselves in such a good mood from yucking it up at the last one that I think we're just gonna. We're just gonna get so sticky we can't even move. Stick, 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 stick. Okay. On Stardate four one three six five point nine, the Starship Enterprise arrives at Starbase seventy four for a routine maintenance check. Captain Picard and Commander Riker greet the Starbase Commander Quinteros played by Gene Donarski, and the two pairs of small humanoid aliens, known as Binars, enter the ship. The Binars heavily rely on their computer technology to, and work in pairs for best efficiency. Much of the crew takes surely while Picard, Riker, and a skeleton crew remain on board. Riker is intrigued by the Binars' claimed upgrades to the holodeck and starts a program in a jazz bar in New Orleans in the 60s. The program includes a woman named Minuet, played by Carolyn McCormick whom Riker is fascinated, both as a beautiful, charming woman, but also as the level, at the level of sophistication of her responses. Riker shortly returns, and Picard walks in on him kissing Minuet. He, too, is amazed by the simulation mm. and the situation. Nice. Well-crafted, sir. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bionars discreetly create a catastrophic failure in the ship's warp core. Lieutenant Commander Data and Geordi are unable to locate Picard or Riker and assume that they are on the starbase. They order an emergency evacuation and set the ship to leave the starbase at warp to a safe location before it explodes. However, once they are clear of the dock, the failure disappears and the ship sets course for the Binar system. The planet Bionis, I think. Yeah, Bionis. Yeah, it is Bionis. Orbiting Beta Magellan, (laughs) which is my favorite star name ever. Not Alpha Magellan, Beta Magellan. Dumb Beta Magellan. <laughs> Thought the world was Data, a Data, LaForge, and Quinteros realize that the Bionars are still aboard the ship, but there are currently no working vessels to follow them. Mm. Convenient. Back on the Enterprise, Riker and Picard leave the simulation to find the ship empty and at warp to the Binar system. When the ship's controls are locked from the bridge, fearing that the Binars are trying to take over the ship for nevarious purposes... They set the ship to self-destruct in five minutes and then take the bridge by inner ship transporter and find the Binars are unconscious. After canceling the self-destruct, thank God, they find the Binars have uploaded massive amounts of information to the Enterprise computers, but they are unable to decode it. Realizing that Minuet was purposefully created by the Binars as a distraction, Picard and Riker ask her about what is going on as the ship nears orbits of Binar. Minuet explains that the star, not not the Binarian star, but a near star had gone supernova and the electromagnetic pulse it emitted would have knocked out their computer systems, effectively killing the entire species. 
bummer. They had used the Enterprise to upload their computer information for safekeeping and then planned to keep planned to download it back to the computers after the threat had passed. They, uh, you know, it was supposed to go a lot smoother and it wasn't going to be a problem, but the Enterprise was late. <laughs> they were a week late. They didn't have anything. Oh, it was just so tragic. Um, with Data's help, Picard and Riker successfully download the data ha, back <laughs> into the binars, computer systems. They apologize for their actions, having fear that Starfleet would refuse to help, though Picard notes they only had to ask. Uh, but since the binars think binarily, there was only a yes or no answer, and they couldn't risk it. Uh, Riker returns to the holodeck to thank Minuet, but finds that she is not there anymore. The simulation has regressed to the expected norm of the holodeck. And while Minuet still exists, she is not the same as before. Riker reports to Picard that Minuet is gone. And so ends. One, one, zero, zero, one, zero, zero, one. Exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. I do. I always I always think very fondly of this episode, but I'm always like the one zero binary shit episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh them dem binars though. Dem binars. Mm-hmm. What a fascinating species. Gender yeah. neutral, working in pairs. I'm assuming your your life partner is also your work partner. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a sibling thing or a life partner thing. I I wasn't sure what was happening there. Um the four of them in a little heap together was kind of cute. They looked so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> they, did they it just so tuckered sleepy. themselves out. They needed a little reboot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about my favorite cartoon shows from the nineties. I love reboot. Oh my so god! Good. The first fully CGI television series made in Canada. Ugh, excellent, excellent piece of. Well, there's I there's concur. moments of it that are just terrible, but it's still so good. I love reboot. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, but yeah, this I actually really enjoy this episode. I enjoy the binars. I enjoy getting to see you know our dear Riker play play some bone. <laughs> I almost called this episode Riker's Big Bone. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you? Uh, because it didn't make much sense in the context of the original little That's bit fair. at the beginning. But that is actually Jonathan Frakes playing. And, of course, he's playing one of my favorite songs of all time, The Nearness of You, which I which I just love. Thank you, Hoagie Carmichael, for being awesome. You never sing it to um, me anymore, but whatever. I'm sorry. You know, I've been very busy. I'm not trying to be a neglectful work husband, but shit happens. Eh, I've just been married for the last 10 years. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be... No, seven? Eight. It's eight for you this year. Mm-hmm. Damn. Five for us. I know. What's happening? We're aging, Dan. No. We can't. Quick, put me on a ship going warp so that I don't age relative to the rest of you mortals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'll do what I can. Um, So, I tried to find a translation of what 11001001 is, and it's, it's not conclusive. Mm. I don't know what the writers were thinking. I don't know. 
it can be either 201 in decimal. Uh, it's an approximation of pi in binary. Hmm. It can be a representation of the RET unconditional return opticode for an Intel 8080 CPU. Wow. <laughs> Uh, in hex in hex C9, it's the letter I. Um, in box drawing character Unicode, it's 437. It's the character eh, the E with the umlaut over the top in Latin 1. And <laughs> the list goes on. It does. Uh, corresponds to the names of two pairs of binars, uh, 11 and 00 and 10 and, z- and 01. Each binary name represents one of the four possible settings of a pair of bits. Gotcha. So I think that's probably it. But I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? We weren't in that writing room making clicky type. Um, we were not. Cameron, what do you love about this episode? I love I love the binars. I love Minuet. I love the 80s glamour that Riker goes through when he's trying to find a suitable audience. <laughs> I love um, that we get to hear Patrick Stewart speak French. I love... With a British accent. Yes, with a British accent, which is fine. I I actually really love the character of Minuet. I find her fascinating. I love the binars. I truly love the binars, and I wish we would see more of them because they're just... what a, What an idea that you've become so computerized that you literally cannot function without it it's like a borg prerequisite prerequisite there we go but they are you know not malevolent in any way no just trying to save their asses and i get it i'd like to see them get turned into the borg though be a very quick transition just be like we're most of the way there it's fine just put some implants in us yeah right you're leaving off the one thing I thought would be the top of your list. Which is? Jordy and Data painting. <laughs> I was going to talk about that during Slash Factor, but you were right. Okay. You're right. They're experimenting together, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Riker's like, take notes. I'm like, well, you three just fuck already? God. I'm sick of this dance. There's nothing going on. Lock the doors. You know, Dan, Use those paints as body paints. God. I, And then, you know, replicate some edible body paints. Mm-hmm. We'll just make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think that that might be your future career. Instead of, instead of doing riff tracks where you just do a full riff all the time, you just record it at the perfect moment on every piece of media everywhere. Why don't you two just fuck already? Just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you three just fuck already? I think that's I think that's your future. You know, if it paid well, I'd do that. It'd be great. It would pay well. <laughs> that could even just be your YouTube channel. You just start with you, and then whenever there's the perfect moment, you edit yourself in doing this, and then go back to the movie. <laughs> I think I could do it as like an app, and you could find yeah. you can find a movie, and and it'll tell you the right time to yell. Why don't you just fuck already? Like I'll have, um, <laughs> it could be like in the middle of, uh, you've got mail right when they're at like their second date, sort of well, their second non-date when she gets stood up and Tom Hanks 
walks around with it <laughs> and then they part ways. I'll find out however far into the film that is. Timestamp it and post it on the and just have a just have a running list of when and where to yell, why don't you two just fuck already? It's a good idea. Yeah. Um something else that I love that I mean it's just a tiny bit of trivia, but I think it's fascinating is that they really were trying to be more of a connected overarch storytelling show. Mm-hmm. Um this episode was originally supposed to be before the big goodbye production wise it was supposed to be before and the holodoc malfunction on the big goodbye was supposed to be explained by this modification that they made oh i see so they were trying they just didn't get their shit together you know it happens to the best of us yeah it's a season one thing you know it's okay also there is a male computer voice which is weird but uh do you know who that male computer voice is gene roddenberry no his son it's Michael Dorn. It's Michael Dorn. Good for he's yeah. done a lot of voiceover work, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. Sort of been. Well, his I mean, he's got a beautiful career. voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got a. It's got nice reverb on it. It does. It's just well, and it's just it's, it's so resonant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... And it's pitched about a fifth lower than mine is. So. Oh, those luscious vocal folds. I'd like to watch a video <clears throat> scoped down his throat and just watch those things move like little <laughs> harmonious jellyfish just flapping around <laughs> next to each other. Jellyfish. Oh, mm, yeah. Jesus. That okay. Dorn yeah, throat. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he does have a beautiful voice. And it's usually underperformed when he's playing the Klingon. But... Does he sing? But yeah, it's just... I don't know, actually. Mm. I've never looked. But I think he doesn't... I think he did an audiobook. I don't know what audiobook. Let me look. The Horn of Dorn. It's about Game (laughs) of Thrones. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's only narrated Star Trek books. (laughs) Including Star Trek, The Klingon Way, A Warrior's Guide, and Conversational Klingon. No, Conversational Klingon? I mean, it is the Klingon dictionary that I have, but it's just, it's apparently a language tape. And then the novel by Esther Freisner, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Contamination. Ooh, hot hot but still i did uh them vocal folds i did appreciate seeing everybody go about their their semi-shore leave you know we're gonna go got people going to go play a game we got jordy and data doing their little painting experiment um and we got Riker just being like, something turns up. It always does. I really wanted Picard to turn around and say, you don't have to brag about how easily you get laid, Riker. <laughs> Everyone knows. The entire ship knows. You don't have to go around being like, I'll get up to something. I know that you'll just fall into bed with someone. I get it. I was, I was attempting a polite courtesy. I don't need you to remind me of how effortlessly you spit game, you fucking man whore. 
Wow. God, I wish. <laughs> Whoa, someone is resentful. Someone needs a Riker bone. <laughs> Someone's just a little jealous that he has not fallen into bed. I keep ha- pushing our meetings later and later, and he just won't take the hint. <laughs> the last one we had, we had some actual Chateau Picard. <laughs> In a hot tub. <laughs> it just doesn't take the hint. I was wearing a Speedo. <laughs> it was literally a banana hammock. <laughs> With the little Star Trek emblem on it. It's still red. It's still maroon and black. Just ah. off to the side. <laughs> Star Trek emblem is just off to the side. <laughs> so instead of, you know, pressing your chest when they page you, you have to, like, hit your hip bone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, way you don't, <laughs> that way you don't tap your junk. <laughs> uh, I wish someone would tap this. Um... <laughs> This was a fun episode. You could kind of see where it was going. It's like, well, clearly the Binar are up to no good. And the one time they told Wesley to be a snitch, he didn't do it. <laughs> Watch them and let me know what's going on. Yeah, they're just being kind of weird. Great. <laughs> good job, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question about the Binar? Ask them yourself, you creepy little sweater monkey. Get out of here. <laughs> Creepy little sweater monkey. (laughs) That was the look on the guy's face. He's like, Jesus, who's left this kid here? Don't talk to them yourselves. Don't talk about people behind their back. They can hear you. I don't don't care if he's gifted. (laughs) Yeah, gifted's another word for special, and we all know what that means. Uh, What does it mean, Dan? Ah, it just means that he's a... And then I'll have to put in, like, the phaser sound effect. (laughs) Uh, I quit. <laughs> but it wasn't all sweater jokes and uh, Riker bones. Riker bones. Although I, I must say I, I did love Minuet. Um, she was. It was great to meet a self-realized computer program. That was fun. Um, and not have her try to kill everyone. Right. Right. <laughs> the fact that the, that she just let them out of the holodeck and everything, I was like, well, that seems awfully convenient. But then the the binars needed them, so it all. It was a well written episode, but not everything about it was. So well written. Peachy keen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. What really? What really? Well, chapped your ass, Cameron. <laughs> well. <laughs> I just I was like, okay, so. Apparently, you can program the ship to autopilot itself out of space dock mm-hmm. and warp away, mm-hmm. even though the antimatter containment is what's going wrong, which should technically negate the warp engines. But it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not fine. It's <laughs> just little things like that where it's like, wait, wait, what? I mean, it's going to be a hell of an explosion, but you could full impulse away and be fine. You know, I just wish they wouldn't have. And I mean, I know it was all. It was just that command protocol, because I mean, I know it was so that the binars could get home and, you know, do what they needed to do. But that was data's protocol was to have the ship warp away. And it's like, that's that's literally going to make your problem worse. Mm hmm. The moment you kick it into warp drive, it's just going to explode. 
it was just that whole kind of really that whole really bothered me but that was pretty much it i mean i really enjoyed everything else what did you hate dan i found the i found the rambling setup to this episode to just be a little much where i was like yes we're going through our lives we're doing our things everyone's everyone's got something to do also uh the fact that not everyone had plans like deanna didn't seem to have anything going on nope or any lines nope or to appear on camera yep (laughs) she thought she was getting fired yeah it was weird um I thought that it was, it just, it took a little while. I wish that we could have had a little more complication and that they had to do a little bit more to actually save the binars because at the end of the day, they just got carried, swept away on a ride, went up there. They were in no real harm, turned off self-destruct with two minutes to spare. I'm like, that's self-destruct 101. You can only shut it off with like seconds to spare. Um, and then all they had to do was find the appropriate file name and they restored the entire computer race, which just required a quick phone call to data. That was it. I was like, it just didn't seem like you had to do very much to save the day. The binars did everything. So it ended up turning into sort of a character piece for the most part with just like a little, just like a little tacked on action at the end. It's like, well, people aren't going to sit around and just watch Riker talk to a computer simulation. And I was like, I would. But then again, I like theater. So to me, that's interesting. Um, But yeah, it was a very weird adventure they went on. I'm like, yeah, they both got phasers. They make a big deal saying like weapon room or armory or whatever that they're going to they're going to go up there and they're going to kick ass. And there's just. It's one thing to flip expectation, but they didn't have to do shit. They called Data and was like, how does computer work? And Data was like, (laughs) okay, sir, I'm going to need you to spell your last name for me. Great. That's P as in Piccolo, I as in Instagram, C as in Chartreuse. (laughs) (laughs) They just called a customer service line and that's how they saved the day, which is like the whitest person ever. The most white thing ever to do. Yep. Did you did you turn it off and turn it on again? That's basically all they did. Oh, basically. Upload. <laughs> oh, there's a button here that says upload. Sorry, okay. I was I was lo- right. You said right hand corner. I was looking in the left hand corner. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> I hate people. Um. That just to me was just—it was just silly. Where it was just that bit was like, uh, uh, you don't have to do anything. I get it, and I'm happy that the binar like figured out how to save their people. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of a, a lack of dramatic payoff. It was much more of a personal drama for Riker, where he's like, "No, oh, my computer girlfriend's gone. Damn it." I really liked her. I don't know what we were going to do. I mean. I mean, the Binar programmed her to be as real as he wants her to be. It's true. I was like, yikes, that makes me uncomfortable. You know, there there were a couple other really interesting firsts in this episode in that 
this was the first time Wesley had the bridge. Mm. Which, you know, didn't actually go too badly, except that he didn't snitch. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Wesley. You're always ready to dime on people. Fucking stool pigeon over here suddenly decides to keep <laughs> button his lip. Maybe he was maybe he liked the binars too. Maybe he was Yeah. You know. He's like, You're hyper intelligent and futzing around <laughs> with our computers, and there's two of you. Ooh, four of you. <laughs> His taste is very strange, but I support his wants and needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the traveler bit. <laughs> Just can't stop. <laughs> can't stop, won't stop. Mm, that traveler, though. I know this is I know this is what you want, Wesley. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Blushes. <laughs> I have to go. Gene <laughs> uh, Denarsi, Denarski, who played our dear commander on the station mm-hmm. he has made an appearance on star trek before what? several actually he played mr ben childress in our least favorite episode of all time muds women he was one of the miners wow <laughs> that's terrible right oof that's real bad. He also appeared as Krodak in The Mark of Gideon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, Jem. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so happy I can make these references, and you know what I'm talking about now. Ugh, Cameron, I am... <laughs> have, you reached, have you reached the impasse yet? I'm just impossibly depressed by what you're bringing up to me right now. <laughs> Not my fault that you like it. Um, I like parts of it, and I'm definitely not going to be <laughs> tweeting about the Orville season finale tonight instead of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Do you have tickets? Oh yeah, now yeah. I'm seeing it. Uh, I'm seeing it at Lincoln Center at 9:30. So I'm gonna have my big old headphones on, sunglasses on. I'm gonna look like a like like a you know I'm there to blow the place up, but I'm I'm just gonna have a podcast playing really loud. And I'm not going to look at anyone. I'm not going to talk to anyone because I have a 9.30 showing, which means some people will be about to get out of their showing as I'm coming in, the very first one. So it's dangerous times, Cameron. It is dangerous Dangerous times. times. But apparently you're supposed to bring tissues. I don't know. Well, of course you are. Well, I'm just like, who's masturbating to this movie? What's wrong with you people? (laughs) I mean, everyone should be. Hmm. All hail Disney! I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I'll try I, not I, to spoil I. anything. That's all right. It's not all right. If you spoil it, this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun while it lasted. Hooray! We put up with each I other. I knew you were going to be the diva that ended it. Cameron, I am the diva that ends everything I'm involved with. Was there anything that uh, particularly chapped your ass about this episode? It was just really the, it was the technical technological hole with the warp core that made me angry. But you know. I mean, you're not wrong. There were, you know, the fact that I kind of I liked that it was that everything had been taken care of and it was literally <laughs> people walking around like it. I mean, it was 
a bummer. I wish they would have explained more why they chose Riker. Sure. It's, it came across to me like it was just opportunistic, like he happened to be checking out the holodeck, and they were like, oh, well, what what about... Uh, what about uh, charming McFuckface over here? <laughs> <laughs> a blind man teaching an android how to paint? That's got to be worth a couple of pages in somebody's book. <laughs> so charming. Right? Um, but yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> it's just really going to be a shorter just... episode, Cameron. You just got to accept it. I just I just enjoyed how how much this episode featured our dear William Bone Player Riker. And you know, we got to know him a little bit more as a person and I really enjoyed that. And we got to see Riker and Picard bond and that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. It's the start of their deep and valuable friendship. Yeah. So Should we quote it? I think we shall. Rest assured, Commander. We will be victorious, at whatever the cost. Worf, it's just a game. Apparently I'm doing Kirk all of a sudden. Because my voice Worf, cracked. it's just a game. Worf, it's just a game. <laughs> friendly little competition. <clears throat> Worf, it's just a game. A friendly little competition. You work up a sweat, you have a few, la- few laughs, and you make new friends. If winning is not important, then Commander, why keep score? <laughs> Amen, Worf. <laughs> Anyone who's like, oh, we're just playing for fun is a fucking loser and you should destroy them on principle. I'm real fun to play Star Trek Settlers of Catan with. (laughs) Super fun. Super. Will was just saying how much he enjoys this assignment. It's a credit to you for a ship and a crew to function well. It always starts with the captain. You set the tone. At this moment, it is you who is setting the tone. (laughs) (laughs) The computer lady likes me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, number one, some relationships just can't work. He says, staring at him longingly. (laughs) Uh, That's very funny. Gentlemen, if this is what you call enhancement, you've got a gift for understatement. Wish you wouldn't have called them gentlemen, but that's okay. It was 1988. <laughs> uh, I could develop feelings for Minuet, exactly as I would for any woman. Doesn't love always begin that way? With the illusion more real than the woman? Or man? or gender non-conforming entity, or gaseous being that you choose to merge with? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I added that bit. Oh, I know, and I love it. Believe it or not, not. Worf... (laughs) We both went for it. Go ahead. (laughs) Believe it or not, Worf is developing a sense of humor. I hope so, for their sake. Uh, here, you be you be Riker and I'll be Minuet with the jazz exchange. <laughs> the jazz exchange? Mm-hmm. He just jazzes I mean... all over. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Tell me you love jazz. My name is Minuet, and I love all jazz, except Dixieland. 
Why not Dixieland? You can't dance to it. My girl. <laughs> I, I also love Dixieland, though. Mm-hmm. She's mistaken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> blondes and jazz seldom go together. Say that to Diana Krall, Mr. Riker. Yeah. What the hell? I feel attacked. Oh. You're not that blonde. Wow. Now I actually feel attacked. <laughs> there you go. Differentiation, Dan. It's important. <laughs> How dare you? Ugh. Cameron Michael Ferry. <laughs> I had a good time with this episode. I did too. I really did. Mm-hmm. No. I, I find the ideas fascinating and i i had a good time i want to see more self-aware holodeck i think that would be fun and you will good 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 good. eventually picard's gonna be like these things seem to be more trouble than they're worth can we just agree (laughs) that we should probably stop going in here something tends to go wrong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this never functions normally this is just terrible I got hit with a snowball and got very sick. <laughs> snowball made of light. <laughs> or replicated yeah. snow. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah, replicated snow. Sure. It's not that complicated, Dan. It's whatever the writers need it to be. God. <laughs> Deus Ex Holodeck. <laughs> Deus Ex Holodeck. Oh. Wouldn't it be terrible if people were actually like that? Oh, wait, they are. How many... Um, uh, how many Riker bones would you give this episode? Trombones, people. He plays you know, the trombone in this. He did play the trombone. Very well, actually. It was lovely. Great ambition. I would give it... I would give it four Riker bones. Wow. I had a great time. I always had a great time watching this episode. Still can't remember the title for the life of me, but I always love this episode. I give it like a three and a half. You know, it was fun. I like it. That's about right. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. So that just leaves one last thing for me to do. And that's to wish you all to not just have a great week, but make it so. Keep on trekking, all you cool, jazzy cats. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so you're saying that I'm Captain Picard and you're the man pretty Riker? Is that what you're saying to me? I don't I don't know. I don't know how to make you feel better. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I don't know what you need You're, from me. You I, never I, tell I, me what you need, and I'm not going to guess. What do you What do you want me to say? You're the bald one. You're the more Shakespearean of the two of us. I mean, I'm a little Hamlet-y, but that's just because <laughs> I'm so sad all the time. Um, you you uh, have the the French ancestry that I lack, I assume. That's true at all. <laughs> well, um, you are uncomfortable around <laughs> children and I'm a bigger whore. How's that? How's that? Oh, you know, <laughs>
You can't argue the facts. <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.